Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have a phenomenal guest for you, Dr. Kim Stefano brun And she is a maternal fetal medicine specialist in Austin, Texas, and the medical director nationally for MFN with HCA. And she's also a mom of four kids with one still at home. And along with her husband, Mike, they are opening a brewery in Leander, which is just outside of Austin. And for the last year, she has also become a real estate investor, purchasing short-term rentals, one in Texas and one in Florida, and is also now getting into the multifamily syndication space. So Dr. Kim, thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk through all of this. So can you give us a little bit more color to your background and how you got started in all this real estate space? Sure. So I had planned forever to do medicine. And I think we all are told, okay, if you, you know, go through schooling and training, and I actually started the practice myself with the help of HCA in 2009, and started doing some stock investing, but really not much else. And we're thinking as we're taught that if you just go through those steps, that then you'll be able to save money for retirement. And, you know, at 65, you can stop working. And after about 10 years ago, going through a really expensive divorce and having to liquidate a lot of things. And then realizing really with the pandemic that, you know, things can change so quickly. And I just started looking into alternative ways to have some income and just be able to do medicine on my own terms and not have to worry about how many you know patients I'm seeing or, or exactly how many hours I'm putting in. Why being a medicine doctor and having your own practice, you're a high income earner. You're making very good money on the side as your full-time job. Right. Why was it important for you to look for alternative investments to place your money in? And why did you decide on real estate? Yeah. So I landed in real estate almost accidentally. My husband and I decided that we wanted to purchase a condo in South Padre Island for ourselves. And then we started talking about, well, if we do that, maybe we can put it on Airbnb and have somebody else kind of, you know, pay the mortgage and then we can enjoy it. And actually, as I started doing that and started talking to other physicians who happened to be in that space, I learned about first of all, the returns, which are in a lot of cases much higher than the stock market. But the other thing is the tax benefits specifically for short-term rentals, because you can actually deduct it against your active W-2 income. So yes, I technically fall into the high earner category, but I also pay a significant amount of taxes. And I hadn't learned about or really been taught ways to reduce that, that we're all, you know, on the up and up and that allowed for me to diversify. 
And then after I learned about short-term rentals and started taking some courses with physicians who do it, I learned about syndications. I didn't even know what that word meant a year ago and took a class to learn about syndications and the opportunities to have some tax benefits as well as money coming in monthly and ways to structure that. So it was important to me to have alternatives, you know, right now with what the stock market's doing with the economy and inflation. My 401k is kind of, you know, up and down, up and down. And I feel like real estate is a lot safer place to invest. And it gives me a lot more opportunities to reduce tax burden. We were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording about how physicians and other high income earners don't typically know about real estate and these tax benefits and other these types of vehicles to help offset and place their hard earned income into these other investment vehicles. Why do you think that is in this space? And why do you think it's particularly important for like the physicians and other high income earners to at least educate themselves on possibilities out there? Yeah. So I think, you know, the process of medical school and training is very intense and we're so focused on that. And again, we really, it's a fallacy that, okay, you're going to be in the high income category. So no problem. You'll be able to save up adequately for retirement. And it just isn't the same as now that I see what real estate can do. And I think that it's important to start early. I wish I had started earlier. I think every physician I've run into said, you know, I wish I did this 10, 15, 20 years ago. And if we can get that information out, you know, White Coat Investor has a group that offers some information, but that's a much more broad financial education level. And I think real estate specifically, I think has some unique areas that can really help physicians. And I would love to see, you know, a course that's done even in med school, because I think the other thing is burnout is real and it's gotten even worse with the pandemic. I mean, I became exhausted as well, just with everything going on. And it doesn't mean you have to leave medicine. If we can all extend our career and extend our satisfaction in it by having some other things so that we don't feel that we're stuck, then I think that's really important. So when you started on your path of real estate investing and looking at the short-term rental space, what were some of the things that you did to start off? And was it, you know, in terms of like funding as well, was it all the income that you had saved up from your active W-2 or from your active physician job and to be able to invest it in a short-term rental? So yes, in the beginning, that's what it was. So we did two short-term rentals last year, and one of them was actually a new build, but I didn't purchase cash. I did use mortgages on both of them so that I could maximize the cash-on-cash returns and not tie up too much of my capital. But I did have enough to do down payments for both of those homes. And so that helped us be able to move forward. And then over the course of the last year, I've learned about so many different funding options as well. I've been in touch with some people who do hard money lending, who do commercial loans, who do portfolio loans. And so I'm really starting to explore all the different options. How did you find that first short-term rental that you decided to purchase and where was it? So this one we found in South Padre Island in Texas and we found it again by chance. So we would go down there and use Airbnb because we love it. At the beach, I grew up in Florida, so I'm a beach girl. So after we went down there maybe three or four times, we said, you know, maybe we should just get one. 
And then we happened to run into somebody on the beach one day who actually manages short-term rentals. And so we learned, you know, a little bit about that. And then we started talking to a realtor about looking for a place. And at this point, we're still not thinking that this is a big investment avenue. We're still thinking this is something personal, but a way to have it paid for by renting it out when we don't use it. And then I happened to see on a Facebook group that I'm on with physicians about a physician who was getting into short-term rentals as a way to build wealth and was holding a course. And so I thought, okay, well, we're looking at buying one. Maybe I can learn about it. And that was kind of the eye-opener of all the opportunities. It was a phenomenal course. She would have guest speakers. There was a real estate-specific CPA who went on there and talked about, especially for physicians, different opportunities. And from there, I just got really excited about all the possibilities and just kind of I'm one of those people that once I get an idea in my head and I get excited about it, I just go. So, you know, at that point, we found a condo, we purchased a condo three months or not even two months later, we found the build that we wanted to do in Florida and put money down on that and started building that. And then I just started joining all of these different courses, you know, learning about passive real estate and syndications. And I took another one about purchasing your own multifamily and I started coaching and it just kind of in the last year exploded. How long did the project for the build on that short-term rental, how long did that end up taking? So surprisingly, not as long as I thought it would. Basically, we did a down payment on the lot and it was for a community that was being built specifically for short-term rentals near Disney World. Because I said, I'm a Florida girl. I'm also Disney crazed. And so about four to five months later, they actually finished the build. And it's nice because this is a whole community that's zoned for short-term rentals. So we're not going to be at risk for you know the city to come back and say, oh, we're changing the rules. So we did it all sight unseen. We had this amazing investment broker that would send us video as it was being built and found a decorator and we did themed Disney rooms. And then we finally went down there in October and we were the you know first ones to stay in it for a week and enjoy it. Now I have to ask, what were those themed Disney rooms? <laughs> <laughs> so it's five bedrooms. The downstairs bedroom is Beauty and the Beast. The kitchen dining room area is all kind of classic Mickey. Upstairs, we have a Marvel room. We have a Toy Story room. We have a, it's not technically Disney, but it's Orlando. We had to throw a Harry Potter room in there. And then we have like a grown-up princess looking room. So it's kind of jewel-toned Cinderella colors, but not necessarily really focused on that. And there's a little loft area that's Star Wars. And then the bathrooms are Moana and Classic Mickey and Little Mermaid. So when you were there, which room did you end up choosing? So we stayed in the grown-up princess room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. And then recently in January, I think it was... Epcot was having one of their art festivals. And so we went out and purchased some original art from Disney artists and added some touches throughout the house. And so it's a really fun project. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. 
If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. What a unique way to differentiate yourselves in the short-term rental space. I can only imagine, especially if you're going down to Disney, I would imagine that would be such a high demand to be able to stay in a place like that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people do it, but we wanted to do just a big mixture of things. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback. Our our next steps actually are my kids and my husband and I are really into pin trading. So the Disney pins. And we actually want to give every guest a two pin starter set. Oh, how when they- cute. And that way, you know, if they want to start pin trading, then that's kind of our welcome gift. So we're working on setting that up. Oh, that's so nice. So when you went to the course about physicians teaching about short-term rentals, what were some of the things in that course that you didn't really think about that really also helped to open up your eyes as to what investing in real estate could do for you and for your family and your income and building up wealth? Sure. So honestly, the biggest one, and again, I didn't even know any of these terms before, but I, you know, there are a lot of people who do real estate professional status or have their spouse do that, the reps, which allows you to take any of your real estate potentially and reduce it from your W-2. But for short-term rentals, it turns out that there is a loophole and who knows how long it will exist, but you don't have to have the number of hours like you do in reps. You need to have a hundred hours or more than anyone else or a total of 500 hours of what they call material participation. And you have to make sure you document all of that very carefully, just in case you ever get audited. But as long as you participate in that way, at least in that initial tax year, then everything you have towards that short-term rental is deductible against your W-2. And so I learned about that. I learned about doing cost segregations and bonus depreciation, which of course that's going to start to decrease over time over the next several years, but it's still a big benefit. I learned about, you know, de minimis safe harbors and all these different ways to deduct things. If you itemized them versus had a big chunk that you paid, then you can actually take those off in a way that's more beneficial. So all of that just really, it was like I was back in medical school and learning an entire different language and trying to see where that could help and then learned about the syndications also. And so really that's the next step to branch into that. I did actually put some funds in a short-term rental syndication because I really, the cash on cash return for short-term rentals is much higher. And so my goal would be initially to get that and then to build and diversify over time. One of the things when someone is looking to get started in real estate, but I think particularly with the physicians, is the concept of having not enough time. And so they have very, very busy schedules, as you well know. How have you been able to manage all of that? And for those physicians out there or even other busy professionals who might think to themselves that I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time in the day to do another job, How did you overcome that? And what would you say? Sure. So, you know, for the short-term rentals, this was also something I learned about in the course. 
you can automate so much of your management. So if you self-manage in order to get the tax benefits, you actually only need to self-manage in the first year, first of all. So like our Florida house, we just self-managed for the last three months of the year, and then we handed it off to a property manager since it's far away. But that still allows us to deduct it active because we did the hours in that first year. But for the other one, the South Padre, we manage that ourselves. And turns out you can automate a ton of the messages on Airbnb. Like when somebody books, I have automation that goes out and went right before it's time for their check-in automation, right before checkout, same thing. I have a dynamic pricing software that I set up that literally every 24 hours looks at supply, demand, what prices are for that area and adjusts your prices based on some parameters that you set. So I don't have to go in there all the time and check, you know, how many are available and what is my competition doing? And so I set all that up. The other thing is, of course, having some boots on the ground if they're further away from you. So we have a phenomenal cleaner who also kind of serves as a task manager if we need to ship something there or that kind of thing and have a handyman. So we have people we can call that are right there. So having a team is important. And then really the only thing I have to do is sometimes answer questions that guests send us. And as a physician, we're used to getting phone calls and texts all the time for somebody to ask us a question. So, you know, it literally takes me 10 seconds to look at it and respond. No biggie. So now you're focused on syndications as well. While simultaneously, you still own your short-term rentals as well. What appealed to you about the syndication space? And what were some of the concerns that you had going in? Sure. So that appeals to me because that truly is, other than the due diligence on the front end, that truly is passive income. Like your money's working for you. You're not having to do anything towards that. And I also like the idea that eventually, if I go down to say half time, then reducing my taxes against my W-2 isn't as important if my income streams are becoming more passive and I'm kind of meeting what the annual needs are. I am paying for two kids in college right now. So (laughs) that in mind. So I think the concerns are that for syndications, you're putting in a big chunk of money up front for most of them. And I had no idea how to read those, how to vet sponsors, any of those things. And so once again, found a physician course that does passive real estate and walks you through. And what's really cool is you have the most important thing is networking and all of this and finding people that can be mentors and that can answer questions. And so you have a lifelong membership to their groups and they're doing their spring session of it. I did the fall last year and I'm sitting in on some of the things again, just to reinforce how to read these deals. And just over time, I'm getting much more comfortable to where it's not as scary to put $50,000 into a syndication. If I feel that, you know, the sponsor's good and I've vetted the deal and I have other people who've gone before me who are successful in that space. Where's the best resources that you've found to find these types of groups with other physicians and like-minded people? And then what are some of the resources that have helped you in your education as well? Sure. So honestly, a lot of them are in Facebook. And then once you connect with one, invariably they cross over with each other. And then most recently this year, I've also joined another group that's called the Leverage and Growth Accelerators, which is basically not just real estate investors, but physicians who are you know doing entrepreneur 
internship or, you know, doing courses or doing coaching or any number of things. And so that's really been neat. I also joined Bigger Pockets and I feel like there are some great resources there, especially for people just starting out. And I do kind of ask questions. I listen to some of the webinars and periodically, you know, read their articles. I got a couple of different real estate books. So I have, you know, the best apartment syndication book. And I just kind of keep an eye out for different books that can help me understand a little bit better. When another physician who has no real estate background looks at you and is curious about what you're doing, how do you explain that to them in that short, you know, that initial conversation? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny that over the last year that started happening more and more because the more you get in the space, the more people reach out. And so I talk about the fact that, you know, this is an opportunity to design your time in your life the way that you want to. And so in the beginning, yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of learning and due diligence. But once you get going, it provides some opportunity that is really beneficial and that doesn't make you feel stuck. For a lot of us, it's not that we don't love what we do, but you get to a point where you feel stuck in order to continue, you know, paying for whatever your kid's college or your different things or to save up enough to make it in the stock market to have retirement. It's you feel like you just have to be on the hamster wheel. And this takes that away. And it's all about the choices at the end of the day. It's letting us choose what we want to do and where we want to spend our time. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing that's really cool is my family and my husband and I especially love to travel. And so now, you know, anytime we go to Disney, it's a write off. (laughs) And if we go look at real estate somewhere and we purchase something where we're traveling, now it's a write off. (laughs) And if you end up going to stay back, if you go back to your short term rental, your Disney theme rooms, you'll just sleep in every single room until (laughs) you've been in all of them. Exactly. Well, last time it was funny. I had to do a little bit of working remotely, which was fine. And so the Toy Story room was my work room when I was doing some telemedicine. So yeah. So what are you most excited about coming up here in the near future? I'm really excited to just continue to broaden everything. You know, I'm ready for doing another short-term rental and for starting to do syndications and kind of structuring them in a way that there'll be some cash flow. And then, you know, the periodic, once it comes to fruition cycle, trying to space those out so that there's money coming periodically. So that's really exciting to me. And it's exciting to share this journey because again, like I didn't know any of these terms or any of these benefits a year ago. So how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I think I'm a forever learner. And so for me, learning something completely new like this is really exciting, but also the opportunity that's out there, it's pretty much endless. And, you know, again, I'm one of those people, once I come up with something, I want to go do it. And so, you know, with my practice, I actually started it straight out of fellowship. And so seeing all of these opportunities for me, now I'm constantly perusing you know, sites and looking for good opportunities and networking and reaching out to people. And so it's exciting. And I think it, after two years of a pandemic that was really rough, I think it brings some much needed joy, even though it's work too. (laughs) And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Honestly, for me, it's the tax benefits because, you know, I had not found any ways to really reduce my tax burden. 
And in this way, because we're providing opportunities, and in my opinion, we can give back and I don't feel like I'm doing something that's not okay to reduce my tax burden. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Two parts, I think. I think one is networking, really, really, you know, doing all of that. And then personally, I think if you're really going to take massive action and scale quickly, I think you have to be okay with some risk. Got it. And so for you and for our listeners out there who want to learn more about you and what you're doing in this space, where's the best place that they can go? So, I mean, there's my practice website, which is namfm.com, but we recently created our like holding company LLC. And so they can email me and I'm happy to chat with anybody. So it's Aisling, A-I-S-L-I-N-G, holdings, LLC at gmail.com. And Aisling means dream or vision in Gaelic. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time, Kim. Thank you so much for all you do in the medical field as well. Really appreciate all of that and everything that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. It's been great being a part of this. And I appreciate that you get the word out to people through your podcast. It's wonderful. Well, I can't do it without people like you who are coming on and sharing their story and their expertise as well and helping to spread out the word. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.